Today's episode was also a video interview, and I highly encourage you to check that out because while I try to be visual when describing, in this particular interview, there was a lot of visual elements as Susan did a face reading of me. And this is also a preview of face readings that Susan will be doing tomorrow, July 2nd, 2020, in case you can't catch it live, you can always watch it played back, where she will be doing face readings from the audience. So again, please check me out at youtube.com slash Eric Hunley. And for now, I bring you Susan Ibitz. My name is Eric Hunley, and this is Unstructured, where we have dynamic and formal conversations with some amazing people. Hey there, before we get started, I want to encourage you to watch this until the end. Susan is doing face readings on me, and I want you to see what is happening because Susan will be coming back for a live stream where I will be collecting pictures from members of the audience so she can do readings on them as well. This would be a fantastic opportunity to have a professional face reader actually tell you about yourself using your own features. I hope you enjoyed the interview, and I hope you come back for the face reading. Thanks. Today, we're joined by another, well, I'm, I'm going to say body language expert, but that's only part of it. This is Susan Ibitz, and she may be the most studied practitioner of, we'll say, the dark arts out there. How are you doing today, Susan? I love the dark side. I have actually one of my idols is Darth Vader, so we're good to go. Oh, yes, and you collect skulls, right? Yeah, and I have tattoos of the spiders. But today, thanks to you, and I want to be formal for your audience, I'm covering my tattoos and my piercing. So okay, <laughs> your audience need to be thank you to you. <laughs> well, as long as the skulls aren't from actual people recently deceased, we're good to go. <laughs> Wait, you can have real skulls. You sure. can buy real skulls. It's called, do you know what are the three more uh, listened uh, podcasts around the world? Uh, Serial killers, mental health, and oddities. I feed in two of them. Serial killers and oddities. That's my hobby, reading about serial killers. So really? we're good to go. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got a plug. I've had Joni Johnston on. We talked about serial killers and uh, James Fallon, who is a psychopath and a doctor. Ooh. He discovered his own wow. psychopathy. Now, let's go ahead and jump in then. You were talking one time about a study where people can smell fear. Oh, somebody's spying on me. Yes. Um, first of all, smile is more contagious than a flu. Actually, we're putting um, a study online to this week that um, Coca-Cola and other companies has been doing studies that if you start laughing uncontrollably, uh, people's going to laugh too. And 95% of the people is going to be laughing on, on, on a subway wagon. But if somebody sneezes because it's uh, sick, only 35% of the people are going to get the flu. So I always say, uh, yeah, that's, but it has to do with empathy. When I want to know if my audience is empath, I start yawning like, <sighs> <sighs> if no, the ones who doesn't yawn, I know there are uh, INTJ or that kind of personality. They're not as empath. But going back to fear, there every microexpression has to do with an hormone in your brain. So they're not they're not allowing you to find somebody's line, but it allowing you to know what part of the brain you can trigger if you do the studies. So laughing, get uh, oxytocin, 
happen the same when you shake hands or or when you do human interaction, when you make love with somebody like your uh, post in Facebook. Dopamine is happening when somebody intrigues your brain. Now, fear has to do with the hormones has making you fear. It's equal to fry, froze, fight or flight. So they did this weird study, and I know, bear with me because it's disgusting, but it's work. That's mm-hmm. how study works. <laughs> they make people watch things that are really, really for them. So mm-hmm. they put a white T-shirt. They make them take a shower, clean, put a T-shirt, and they make it see things are really, really fear. When after they sweat the fear on the T-shirt, they put it inside a bag. So they have a controlled people, and they make some of the people uh, smell the T-shirts who people who feel fear and the ones who doesn't. They took the, the saliva and they put it on the brain weight, and they found out the people who smell fear feel fear too. So in person, when people says, oh, the other person cannot smell or cannot determine how I'm feeling, BS is happening. The same way the smile is contagious, the same way fear is contagious. If I do it like, hey, Eric, how are you doing? Do you think I'm doing well? I'm doing horrible. Like, is you can feel it, you can smell it, whatever way you want to put it, but people can read you. Actually, Masumoto came on... Oh, January 7, 2011, with a study saying that uh, people who has been born blind and the one who has been born sighted, they have the same micro expression and body language. Mm-hmm. So that's mean that is is coded in our palio. Actually, Joe Navarro talked about that. And when he came back from Cuba and he was in Miami, he didn't stop to talk the language. On the 70, he started doing that naturally. He was way advanced to anybody else. Matsumoto came up in 2011 with the study, but Joe Navarro has been doing it. I don't have the pleasure to know him in person, but he came up with the study, and you can read any of his books. Sure. He can say it. So people tend to have the same the same actions on the body, seen or not seen. So Ekman Ekman did that too, though, when he went to Papua New Guinea because he found tribes that had not been exposed to the same culture here and found that they had the same expressions. Actually, uh, the one who started with that was Darwin. Actually, Darwin oh, found true. out that when people, the people dilate the pupil is when they're aroused, when they, were, when they have fear too. I mm. think it was 18, 1870. I have this weird brain with, I remember dates, but I don't remember names. So I think it was 1870 where Darwin found out that when you're fear and aroused, your pupils dilate. Actually, it makes sense to evolution. Uh, Pupils dilate when I want to see you completely. And when I'm fear, my pupils dilate, my nostril get bigger because I need to have take ear, hair, big air, because I don't know if I need to run, fight or fight or flight. So I don't know what is going to happen. Yeah, ventral. So, uh, Beside a lot of people, Eggman was um, the one who was well known, and he determined that after going around the world that we have six microexpression. And a couple of years later, with Friedman, that was his partner on the time, because most people forget that Friedman was working with Eggman at that point. He came up with contempt. That contempt is the only microexpression on the face that's unilateral. Right. And one of the things that happened the most is that I be demystified demystified these things like mirror everyone and everybody gonna love you like that is a suicide 
because most people don't know the difference between smiling and contempt. So <laughs> go back to the studies. If my paleo brain know that what is you saying, even though I don't know about it, and you mirroring someone like contempt because I think it's a smile, what is going to happen? It says, hey, Eric, how you doing? <laughs> Do you think I'm liking you? I'm mirroring like, no, you don't like me. I don't like you. This is done. But it's a lot of people talking about because they read a book or they find in somebody else YouTube and repeating things. and like, that's what drives me crazy. People doesn't know what they're talking about. I'm kind of of the belief, and you can set me straight, that we already know all this. It's programmed into us. We have spent our whole lives unlearning what is natural to us. So if a person creeps us out, pay attention. Kind of the Gavin De Becker view is sort of what I think. And people will also point to their pets and they'll say, mm, my cat doesn't like him. You know, say it's a female. And really the cat is reading the female who's picking up things off the male. So the cat's reacting to the owner. And a lot of people don't realize that. Oh, my God. You give us like five hours uh, <laughs> podcast here. First of all, uh, because we are paleocoded about microexpression and body language, the only mm. thing we learn from our parents is to lie. And people get pissed off when I do my keynote speaking and says, hey, uh, we're stimulate dopamine. So if you put me here, it's because the next uh, speaker is boring. So you want me to put the audience here. So. When your boss calls and says, Dad, your boss is calling, tell him I'm sick. Know that I'm doing the barbecue. Don't tell your dad we went to the mall. I'm going to get you McDonald's. Sure. You don't learn those things. They are coded in your head. So what I'm saying is uh, we don't learn. Uh, we, we, we fight all the time. Your parents says, don't put that face when your auntie coming with that lemon pie, even don't, if you don't like it. Uh, don't tell your grandmother that she smelled funny. So right. we are get to that point where we are learned from childhood to suppress all that natural things. They say the guts are your second brain. And it's mm -hmm. happened to me to get to a party or get to a place and I start feel the in my stomach and the in the top of my stomach like sick. And I start looking in the room like, who's the person who's making me sick? It's not a psychic thing. It's like... No, there's a vagal like the, nerve. There are vagal yeah. nerve endings actually in there. So you literally can be feeling it, uh, from what I understand. And it's interesting you bring all of that up. We react to whatever is around us. Yeah. If you're going on a subway and somebody's going about to get mocked, people has been interviewing like, I have the feeling that something goes wrong and I didn't act to because the mugger was feared that because it's inside a, a subway, he going to get got. Actually, Elizabeth Lotfoot, uh, she was sued from the 70s, 80s and 90s from a lot of people because she was telling that you can invent memories in your head. And the uh, psychology in that point was like, oh, you're bulimic, oh, you have a problem, you have been abused. So some people start creating false memories, then, oh, my parents abused me, X and Y. And she was sued in one of the biggest cases where uh, a woman was accusing her father <clears throat> to abuse her as a kid. 
and she bring as an expert one is the, one of the reasons I never ever gonna become an expert in court and I don't testify in court but I'm sitting behind and working with lawyers is because I don't need a BS lawyer destroying my reputation I know what I know and I can help from the back but she put herself out there and she was saying like no I don't think those uh, memories are real they're construct after the, this woman lost lost the lawsuit, and if I'm mistaken, please whoever is listening, please correct me because I was about to be wrong to to be right, not to mm -hmm. to be cocky, as that she was sued by the woman who lost the lawsuit. And years later, when another psychology worked with her, they found out those memories were embedded. Actually, after that, Elizabeth Lotford was working on showing you the bug bunny and showing a, a Disney World uh, advertisement and says, do you remember this advertisement? Yeah, 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 I remember. Well, it's not gonna happen. Bug Bunny was with the Warner and Disney Light was the princess. There are sure. two different companies that people are like, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. So instead to go to the dark side, she decided to like, what about if I can convince you you're not smoking you're not drinking, you're not eating sugar, mm -hmm. that you're not cheating your wife, you don't have certain tendencies. So the dark side can come to the good side. I think this, if somebody have the chance to go and Google her, she have all her studies out there and like, we can be influenced. Actually, when an accident happened, uh, one of the reasons the police take the testimonial really, really fast is because you can be influenced by your own memories. Actually, oh, yeah. there are cases where if you embed one juror who can make the doubt. Remember the movie uh, 12 Angry Jurors from sure. 1957? Well, both versions. The point of that movie is that one person have a doubt mm -hmm. and the other 11 jurors who were sure start doubting about it. And it's an amazing movie because in 1957, we didn't have this complex behavior thing like, okay, what about if one person, one person is the one who embedded the doubt in other one? And he ended up, I'm not going to kill the movie. People know it, but so To Kill a Mockingbird also had that with Atticus Finch and the mob scene. Yeah. By prying one person, he broke the mob. So there are definitely things. And not to name drop, but I have to. I interviewed Ken Lanning from the FBI, and he worked with child sex crimes and wrote about the satanic cases, which was part of the, um, quote, repressed memories, which actually were probably put in there by psychiatrists, etc. Not necessarily intentionally, but there was also a daycare center where they had all kinds of charges against them, saying that essentially they had torturing in the basements with Satan, and it got completely out of hand. Well, I tried to be convinced myself that I never smoke. Haven't happened yet. That So I tried, I, I, I think I tried to convince me. I, if I'm trying to apply Elizabeth Lothwood theory, it hasn't worked yet to me. <laughs> I smoked until 2005 and was completely... How you stop? Uh, it, it's the hardest thing imaginable. You get a flu that's so bad that it almost kills you. And you can't smoke. Whoa, that's, how I that's that hardcore. Uh, that was the, I've never been as sick in my entire life. And believe me, I was not just a smoker, but I mean, a dedicated smoker. Like oh, I wait, would wait. talk what about. Is that, wait, wait. What is a dedicated smoker? Like Eric? Okay. I'm like, I've been a smoker for 10 years. Tell me what is a dedicated smoker? I never heard that before. A dedicated smoker is that I'm not going to quit smoking. I really don't want to quit smoking. And 
if I try to, I just get more and more aggravated and I want to smoke more. I was somebody in the mindset, if you told me I shouldn't smoke, I would tell you, thanks for stressing me out. Now I'll have another cigarette because you're causing stress on me and you're contributing to the problem. That's a dedicated smoker. That's how bad wow. I was. And I had never had a day since I was, I started smoking when I was 12 or 13. And <laughs> there you go. Never was able to make it more than a few hours. I did make it through basic training, not smoking. But in 2005, I got so sick because I, I would smoke if I was sick. It would just cough and, you know, I just have a little extra, right? But that one, I was just so sick. That I, is dedication, Eric. Yes. That is dedication. Yes, it rain, sleet, snow. I don't care. I'll just get. You're the one who wake up at wait, wait. You're the one who wake up at two o'clock in the morning, grab the car, and go to the gas station to grab a pack of cigarettes only because you want to have a puff. Oh you no, was no, that no, guy? no, 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 no. I would not be out to where I'd have to. Oh, I I am that kind of smoker. So let's go to let's talk about dedication after this uh, podcast. Yeah, I, I would be prepared. I wouldn't be running out. <laughs> I would know that I could run out overnight. So I would be out before then. So no way. Oh well, you're not only dedicated. You was organized. Good for you. Well, for smoking, the rest of my life could be a mess. But damn it, I was on track <laughs> with smoking. <laughs> anyway, I could. I literally physically could not smoke. And it lasted for two days. And I said, I need 72 hours. I've got 48. I can do it. And good. Just, good for you. Just Maybe it. you can send. Can you send some of that flu? So I stop. Smoking? Uh, I don't think you want it. <laughs> I, mean, I don't <laughs> think you want it. it. It it was bad. I mean, it was really, really bad. But at least I got one thing good out of it. And yeah, I you know what? You have good things about everything bad. Every time something, sure. something bad happened to my life and like, Susan, why you don't stop and think why it happened? How much has to do with you? How much has to do with the people around you? And how much has to do with things that you need to change? We are as strong as the people that we surround ourselves. I have five mentors that I love to death and I talk every week. And I have my five biggest best friends. They are my biggest critics. Uh, I don't call my mom because my mom says, I'm Jewish. Are you getting married? Are you almost 50? But you still can adopt. It's like, so no, you never asked your mom. You asked that five people who says, this is BS, Susan. What the heck are you doing? And those five mentors who says, slap you on the head, you can do it better. That's mm -hmm. the good people you can have. So when I have something bad happening to me, I always ask myself, why this happened? What I have done wrong and what I need to learn from it. So good that you learn from it. I haven't learned that yet. <laughs> well, you must like Jim Rohn then, because he said you're a combination of your five closest people. Uh, all of them should be in a Looney Tune, including me. Since you're uh, deep into research, Hans Scharf of um, Not Negotiation, Interrogation. Which one? Hans, uh, Modern Interrogation, I guess, came out of Hans Scharf, who was a Nazi guard or a Nazi interrogator who actually, what, he, he taught people he would get American POWs. And they would be shocked because he would, you know, be, they'd be taken by the guards out 
into the forest and he would just start walking with them. So how are you? Oh doing? yeah. You got, you got more interrogation from, uh, I, I'm not, I never been a three letters agency. I'm not a former military. I mm. study from them. I study with them and I still share time with them. And I love it. One of the things that I love when I need to do some kind of interrogation, companies call me to say, Oh, we're going to hire a CEO, a really high Cajun. And we need to know how, this person interact with simple people, employees, and people they don't know. So I don't do it anymore, so I can say it, but I tend to you wait on the lobby, like blonde wig, um, <laughs> high heels, like, yeah, high heels, like pinky suit, and carrying a lot of uh, um, books, and I'm suddenly about to push the bottom from the elevator, and all my books fell. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to see if the, the person pick up my books, help me, and put the elevator, push the elevator button. That is going to tell you a lot about the person and how, mm. what finger they use to push the elevator button. And if they ask you what floor are you going, if you're carrying all the things in your hands and people don't ask you what uh, floor you're going, that can tell you a lot about the person that you're going to be dealing with. What's it telling us? I mean, let, let's play it out a little bit. We got a good hypothetical. Depending on the finger you are using, this one is peace, people is impatient. This Tom one is people is orthodox, and the First. yeah, and Tom is impatient. Mm-hmm. This is orthodox, and this is people. Sorry, I didn't mean to like this <laughs> middle <laughs> finger. Me off with that, that is one. yeah, people is like really aggressive. Mm. And if you go into an elevator and somebody's carrying all the things on their arm and you are the only two people in the elevator, what the common sense would tell you? What floor are you going? Right. You're a lady. He's a gentleman. He's supposed to ask you. If those basic needs, things happen around you, the person is not aware, what is going to happen when the person is a CEO Oh, it's a general manager. How many things is not going to be aware around us? Mm, so you would do that to, for the prospective CEO, the board would hire you and you would just kind of get a yep. basic read. That so I get, out, I get out on another floor. I go out and change, get my, I used to shave my head, not anymore because people says I'd come out too aggressive. No idea what they think. But, um, so I go into another floor, change, take my wig, put my normal black clothing and says, okay, sir, what is your concept of empathy? Empathy, sympathy, and pity. That's the first question I would do. I have one question ahead of that, though. Do you wait and see if you're yeah. recognized? Because that would tell you a lot, too. If Never. They, if Never. they said Ever. you look familiar or, okay. I, I, I would naturally be curious about that if they would recognize who I was or something about me. I'm going to tell you from, let's do a dramatic number. It's not that was that number. Let's do dramatic. 100 people, then I did that process. Only three of them says, you look familiar, but nobody recognized me from the elevator. They're so on their own head. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, if you're walking in this way, not seeing what happened around you, you're never going to grow. You don't grow for, you don't grow from books. You don't grow from the title that you have. You grow from the people who you interact with. Everybody's an expert in something that you are not. I talk to my Uber Mm -hmm. driver, my Lyft driver. I talk to the supermarket person when I'm going to pick up my meds in Walgreens. Everybody knows something that I don't know. Sure. If you're not willing to listen to other people, even though, for example, my next door neighbor told me that I don't need to cut my grass. I need to get grass that is for the golf course, so only grow one inch. So I haven't mm. cut my grass since July 4 last year. Ta-da! <laughs> that old. is good to know. Yeah. So 
if you're not aware, if you're going to be a manager, if you're going to be a person that need to work in team and you're not listen to people, you're not aware that everything happened around you is not going to happen. It's funny when I'm going to a host a negotiation conference, a trainer, I know who, who is who because they're against the wall, never put the hands on the pockets. Like Secret Service, they're never going to see anybody put the, the hands on the pocket. The wall is against the, 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 the back is against the walls and they're looking for the only entrance and exit. They're like in 120 degrees. You can determine. It's funny. Or when you go on a plane, I like to sit next to the marshal. Aaron says, like, are you carrying the gun on the left or the right foot? And like, <laughs> how do you know? Like, I nail it. Only for fun. I get out of the plane more than one time for doing that. So I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> not all of them have a sense of humor. Oh, my. What is wrong with people? Dark sense of humor? Hello. If I get you, anybody else who have a little sense of right. well, what happened, they should gonna ask how you knew. Really, responsibly yeah. speaking, it would be like, why do you say that? And, and at least try to draw information out of you. Four times I was kicked out of the plane to doing that joke. So I realized I don't do it anymore. I, I, fi I still find out who's the air marshal, but I don't say it anymore. I'm not in the blacklist. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> well, okay. You're, um, you were talking about you're getting lined up to essentially be qualified, however it's done in just about every kind of skill through body reading, statement analysis, all the different paths. I'm going to throw one at you. Back in the days in the Soviet Union, everybody would look at the pictures and who was standing where next to the Soviet leader. So you could say, okay, that general's on the way out. We can try to get to them. Actually, you can. Um, I... I spent hours and hours. Thank God I didn't was raised in the United States because I would take it from my social service. Uh, my dad gave me Nietzsche to read when I was six years old. Uh, but it's, I remember it's spending reading. time with, yeah, like really, um, spend time with my dad watching The Godfather and Colombo. And I remember that my father says, do you know what the person who is the conciliary is always on the left? If you if you want to know who is on the position of power in a meeting, you're going to determine earth first. You make a joke and you make something required decision. Everybody's going to be looking on the person who is the power. Second of all, the person on the left is the one who is on the power. The second person on charge is the one on the right. Why? Because left has to do with the right brain, has to do with the emotional part. So if I don't trust you in my heart, I'm not going to trust you in my brain. So I mm. need to be on the left. So whoever's in your left, actually start looking in pictures where you're when your partner or friends, and maybe I get you in trouble, sorry. Um, mm. Start looking who is in the, always in your left and how your body is leaning to that person and you're going to determine. Yeah, you can determine who is on the way out. Definitely. It's I don't do, I never do body language or micro expression for any magazine or media outlet, only for a picture. I always need to see the video to see the context, mm -hmm. but you can determine what the position of people is getting, who is the power, not power, and who is on the way out. You can see some, you can see some people on the government, they're suddenly were next to the president and suddenly they're on the, on the left corner of the picture. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have the news next week. Well, with Trump, it's it's perfect because he's a palace games kind of guy. But I, I just wanted to throw it out there because I don't hear people talking about it a lot. 
But I think that that was a, a great use of like a lot of the skills you have, just an older use of it. I found out I was Jewish when I was on my late 30s. And I went to Europe to find out uh, the linear of my family. That's when I changed my last name. And and one of the conquer when I was in Austria, I decided to go to uh, Germany because one of my dear friends lived in Czech Republic and we met there. So we went to Berlin, uh, Auschwitz, uh, all, all the parts around. And at that point, I was really seriously too thinking to move to Germany because I like the structure they have. And uh, I went to the museums, I see the pictures, and one of the things that get my attention the most is during the, the, the Soviets and all these things, horrible things happen, all the knock on the doors are like be above six feet, mm. and everybody in Germany was like no more than six to the highest. So why the knock on the doors is like to make them feel they're bigger. All the doors are double size than what you're going to see in any other part of the world. And all the knots mm. that you can need to open the door were between four feet and seven and six feet. You mm. will impossibly do that. All the knots are like three feet above the, the floor. This one were four and six feet, meaning mm. that when you look the doors and you look the knots so high, like, oh, my God, I, I supposed to be feel intimidated. So that's the, like, the, the Nazi propaganda, is, it, it gets to your head. Wow. So that's like uh, interviewers that sit in a higher chair than everybody in the room. One of the things that I've been doing for the last four months, and uh, in the beginning was kind of not a bad joke, but like, who's going to need this training until we put it out there and we like killing with that? It's like how to do body language for a video. And people is like usually putting the camera down or putting the camera to up and like, okay, let's put this. You are talking with someone and your phone is down. What is the feeling that give you? If you are in a real meeting and somebody put you in a small chair and you're a tall chair and you look down to the person, how are you going to make that yeah, person feel s small? So why are you doing that with your phone? Because it's a video like doesn't change. The right. protocols, how you should be dressing, addressing the situation and putting 90 degree doesn't change. And I have like, I would say seven or eight more <clears throat> keynote speaking in the next couple of weeks in Chamber of Commerce and institution where they want me to talk about how to do video language on video. And in the beginning, and I should own my ignorance and like, because it's that thing that because you know about it, you assume that everybody knows the sure. same. Like my accountant assumed that I know when is my due date. No, never. I always ask for an extension. So the same way I assume that everybody knows it and actually become one of the classes that we have been selling the most because people want to know like how to illuminate, where you're sitting, how you should be dressing, how you be addressing, showing your hands, showing your torso. And people like, and, 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 and the feedback we have like, oh my God, this class was amazing. And like, I didn't tell you anything new. It's like, cleaning your closet every sure. spring and like, oh my God, I forgot I have that amazing Harley Davidson uh, t-shirt. Now I can ride my Harley with the t-shirt and the <laughs> jacket too. It's matching. Good. It's the same. It's refreshing what happened, but you're completely right. If we can go to the past mm -hmm. and stay to fighting the story, the history we have and learning from it, how Hitler 
become who he was without killing anyone. How Charles Manson uh, makes so many people kill other people, Waco, and we start studying the past and understand how that people was influencing to other other ones. Influence, influencer, and call effect. People are so rejecting that idea that nobody's studying that. It's yeah. actually most of the worst um, tyrants that we have in the story, they don't kill anyone. Actually, all of them were short. You know that? All of them were below Napoleon. five. That's why they call five. it the Napoleon complex. Nobody was high. So they make on attitude what they attitude and aptitude what they don't have in hide. So instead to fighting with story and like, oh, Hitler was this and Castro was this, like learn how they did it. Because you can take something bad and become it in something good and vice versa. It's not about if I sell you a car, if you choose to drink and drive, it's your problem. It's not the car that I'm giving you. All true. All true. So while we're here, you are famous for reading faces. And I had a uh, question wait. ahead. Define the concept of famous. The, the, define the concepts. The, the concept of famous, because you have really you have people in your show that like really admire. Those are famous. I'm okay. a chick with a couple of certifications. All right. Well, you have a um, a knack for reading faces, and are known amongst people we know for doing that. And I wanted to ask you to do it. But I also wanted to ask you a question. You brought up Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, mm -hmm. I'm guessing, about um, doing, and I guess it's called, let me see if I can say it, physiognomy. Yes. And is that why he very famously had his, quote, team of rivals? Yes, correct. He was a well-known, okay, only to let know, physiognomy is not belong to the California psychic. It doesn't belong to any of those the, the the big ball like this is happening for five thousand years. Not only the Chinese, the Koreans, the Japanese, the the Judaism have it on the Torah called Sohar. This has been happening for more than five thousand years. The reason you don't listen, you don't hear about it, is because I think they're professionally doing this around the world. We're seventeen people, thirteen or fourteen. I'm doing it more on the Chinese way Oriental way to uh, healing. Mm -hmm. uh, the other four or five, uh, two are my my mentors. They're retired and two or three people are doing it. I'm the only one kind of doing publicly. The other people is like still working with politicians, political campaign and lawyers. So duh, if you think that every lawsuit happened on top of $1 million, you win because you're good. No, because they have somebody like me picking your jury. One of the biggest things that we are making money, people who read faces, is picking board dear or jury selection and reading people. So happen. So yeah, that's one of the things that I do. And Abraham Lincoln was really well known because he never chose anybody on his cabinet based on the resume. He chose the people says, I want to see their faces. When he died, they found a couple of boxes that I went to the um, Washington Library in, in D.C. to look for this information. They found a couple of boxes where he had pictures and had lines based on the faces, and that's how he chose people. So Abraham Lincoln it? was one of them. Um, I learned it a couple of years ago. No, where did he uh, learn it? Oh, he learned it. I don't know that. And you know what? I've been trying to find out how he learned it. but Maybe Pinkerton. I, did Pinkerton do it? 
Now I, I'm 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 asking because you were talking about how uncommon it is. Well, it's something from the Orient or Asia, you know, whatever the proper term would be at the time. It's not like it would be a common thing for him. So I'm wondering if maybe Pinkerton. You know what? Most people who does face reading, they don't talk openly about it uh, because they're afraid to be attacked. I get to a point after turn 40, I don't care if you attack me. If you attack me, thank you very much. That's Machiavello says, and uh, Oscar Wilde, you measure your success for how many enemies you have. So welcome to the club. Thank you very much. But uh, no, uh, not a lot of people talk about it. And most of this has happened to generation to generations. Mm. When you talk with people who is Chinese or it's coming from the Oriental part of the world, not the Western part of the world, they're going to tell you, oh, my grandmother know it, my mother know it, and they know that way. Professional way, as a Western people, we need to go to a lot of training. And I still take every day one hour to go through people. And what I do in the summer is I rent a boot in those fairs, and I put free face reading. And says, people, what is the trick? Nothing. I want to read your face. And I'm doing studies and new features that I never found before. And says, I just want you to tell me what you think about that. I see the piercing in your ear. Um, I will guess X and Y. Can you corroborate or not? You have your free face rating. So it's still Mm. training. And because you cannot. I always say, doesn't matter how many papers I have. And people get like, ooh. You have all the certification. There are papers to tell me then I finish the class. But right. the that's hard when the work, training starts. That's when it starts because you need to honor the people who sign your paper. That's when you mm. need to honor people like the one who introduced and like, oh, you need to talk to her. How you win that with respect, training every day and getting your things done. So who trained Abraham Lincoln? If you can find it, I will love you forever. I haven't found that yet. <laughs> I'm just but you want me to read your face? Uh, sure. I don't know if I want you to, but it's a matter of making it entertaining for everybody else. And why not? How far should I go? I can read 235 things. Only to let you know, when I was doing political campaign, people says like, okay, tomorrow we have a presentation with this person. And like, I can give you a folder of 50 pages only for your face rain. Okay. So without going to all minutes of time, I mean, you can send me more later if you want, but just for the um, idea of the show being within an hour, (laughs) it'd probably be good. Okay. Um, have your wife ever complained that you don't know, don't talk about feelings? You're talking about how you're doing. If I says, Eric, how are you feeling? You're going to say, how am I doing? It's not that you don't have feelings. You don't talk about it. You rationalize your feelings and you talk how you're doing, but you don't talk about that except if somebody who's really near to your heart. Mm, yeah, probably. I, I'll get into semantics maybe. Like, I, I will personally, if you say, ask me a question. I might say something back. Like if you say, how you doing? I might say without. So that's just my own little personal thing. And that's to see your reaction. Because half the time you'll say, how are you doing? I'll say without. And you'll say, fine, thank you. Because it has to do with your chameleon eyebrows. You have a chameleon eyebrows. You're the kind of person that you can be in the corner paying attention to how everybody is interacting. You like to see the show from outside. It's like, Let's go back to the Roman time where the gladiators were fighting. 
you were never going to be the person cheering or getting on the gladiator uh, arena. You're going to be on the corner looking for it until it's the time to wake up that lamp and you're going to be the center of the tension. You have that magic that you can be the center of the tension on the corner observing people. You like to observe things from outside. You don't like to be center of the fight. You like to see the fight from outside. That's fair. It's fair. <laughs> okay. Do you know what is the biggest problem you have? What's that? That you take everybody's uh, dropping, cl- cleaning uh, on the floor and take it as your responsibility. You feel that you need to be fixing everything. Like uh, your kids didn't take the trash. You're going to take the trash. Your f- best friend have a problem. You want to take care of the problem. You take care of everybody else's problem. And sometimes you don't take about don't take care of yourself. So because you're That's all helping true. everyone. Half what is true. half true? That's Tell half me half true. true. Um, because I can be as irresponsible as anybody else. And I might be the one leaving a pile. I make my wife crazy because I have quote piles, uh, leave stuff stacked around. Now I do try to fix people's problems and I try to connect people and I'll go. I didn't talk about how you are. I saying what you do. Okay. I says what you do. And your biggest problem is you're fixing things out of other people and you neglecting your own leaving your pile of clothing can be related for you taking care of your kids pile of clothing so you don't take care of your own makes sense what i'm saying before you can review the recording it says you're taking care of everybody (laughs) but you don't take care of your own another thing you're really playful i you can be that kind of friend that you can lift me up if I have a bad day and I need to be like talking about something and you're going to be funny and playful, I would talk to you because you're really, really good in your personal and your business side keeping secrets. As you're the kind of guy they're going to put a king gun on the head, but you're not going to talk about other people's secrets. You know how to hold that. I'm pretty good about that, yeah. <laughs> I, Another I think thing. you say I'm KG, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're KG. Another thing, you're created. What is I think I think that this space is your created side. You always have this created side. You're like creative. You're thinking outside the box. You're like the static creator of things. I I would think that this podcast and this podcast on video is your created side. You're like certain static about things. Yeah, I mean that's something I'm falling into over time. Um. I wanted to do a podcast for a long time. It took me a long time to actually do it. So, yeah, I would say that's my creativity. I tried to do drama at one time on stage. Never was really super <laughs> successful. I knew. Okay. But. Have ever happened to you, and don't tell anyone because your guest doesn't need to know, you used to be accused to interrupt people verbally. So you teach yourself to stop interrupting people verbally, but you interrupt people in your head. Your sure. questions come in faster than people is talking to you and like, oh, come on, dude, you told me about taking the trash three times, like next, 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 move, move, move. Your brain is going too fast. So you learn because you're politically correct to not interrupt verbally. But sometimes you never find your lips like moving, even though we don't, you're not talking because your brain is talking for you. Like, okay, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. Move on, move on. So you have that impatient that you have the next three questions, even though when the person didn't finish the first one. I have that and a short attention span, though. So I'll forget my questions. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll you, have one. That's sometimes why I'm quietly typing, because I will think of a question while somebody is talking, but then I'm going to lose track because I'm still listening. And then I might come up with another question or I might distract myself while I'm doing it, but I need to circle back to the first one. Can I see uh, at least uh, the uh, let's 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 talk about your uh, uh, work business side. Can I see your right ear? Sure. How much to. A little a little higher. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. You can't. Ooh. OK. You're pragmatic like a surgeon. Hold on. Okay, you need to put your headphone. There we go. What? You're pragmatic and like a surgeon. You process information really fast. That's the reason you're impatient. You're visual. You want to see. You learn better when you can see. You like to learn in a class when you can interact with others, but you can get visual overloaded. Uh, some people can say that you don't. You're not connected with situations because you make decision. You think about things, you make the decision, and after that you consider what other people feelings. And you ask like, you told me to fix it. Why need to be considered everybody's feeling? It needs to be done. It's practical. I think about it, do it, and after that, the outcome, it needs to be the need to be done. So that's how it says about you. Okay. So just to back up, that way everybody get the benefit. What are you drawing on to get conclusions? Like you mentioned the uh, eyebrows being one thing. I don't know if uh, when I was listening to you interview, I was like, hmm, I don't know if mine are round or angular or somewhere in the middle. You like facts and data. You don't like people going around with two more BS. Let's get to the point. How much is going to cost? How is going to serve me? What is going to be the guarantee? Sure. But what is it? Um, that you're seeing. Oh, so I'm, I'm just saying oh. you'll break down the feature. So then that you way never people can lady, You never ask a lady the age if they took, they take sugar or substitutes and if it's married or not. Those are the three things you never ask the lady. So asking more the secrets is like getting to that page. Okay. Um, I was, <laughs> I read, um, can, can you turn your head to where your Eric sign is located completely? I need a 180 okay, degree. So. Like okay, that. you never ever in your life are going to work nine to five. You can shoot your foot on it. You're created. You are not standard like nine to five. How I know that your forehead is round. You see mine is flat. I'm an engineer. Mm -hmm. You're a thinker and um, you're thinking outside the box. Mine, I'm a perfect IKEA furniture builder. You're not. You like to mm -hmm. think outside the box. You Probably only for teasing and pissing of your wife, you're going to put the furniture even without reading the, the instruction. And she's going to go crazy and you're going to have fun for that. I can know that for your round. So one of the things that people are freaking out now is how am I going to be reading with people with a mask? Actually, the most important thing is ears and how we intake information. Small, mm -hmm. meaning they're your visual. Your ears are small compared to your face. They're higher than the level of the eyes, so meaning that you're, inf you're processing information really fast. If I want to sell something to you because you have high ears, small ears, and low proxemic, meaning the distance between the eyebrows and your eyelids, mm -hmm. as you want to do it, you want to do it now. So you, you, you can be impulsive if I give you the right visual stimulus. Could be.
Usually if I'm there, I'm already a buyer though. So <laughs> because You're I, the one I'm not who going says to 11:45 I want to I'm going to get a car when the dealership close at noon. Um if I go to a dealership, I'm buying a car. I'm not there because I I want to hang out. If, if you know, it, uh, that's that's just a, a practical thing. If I'm going to buy a computer, I did the research ahead. Yeah, I know. Because your facts and data, I need to know. I need it. What is the best one? What is the best place to go? Go for it. You like mm-hmm. facts and data, and I would, I would say that you like proven methodology, in order to for you incorporate new things. They need to be proven to you. There's right. Nobody's gonna come to say like, oh, I have all this diploma. You believe on me? Like, no. Prove me you're right. Prove me those mm-hmm. diplomas are not only papers and you pay for it and somebody give it to you. Prove me that you are you know what you're doing. You're the kind of person that I wouldn't go with a folder full of diplomas and says, okay, Eric, what do you want me to prove you? What do you want me to tell you that I can do for you that is feeding your needs? And that's mm-hmm. the way I would work with you. That's fair. So I know I haven't uh, since... Every job I've had since 2000 has been written off my resume. People only reading your resume? I, I will get to know people and then they will oh. want me for a job and they create the job literally off of the resume I hand them. Wow. So that is that's impressive. That's kind of what I, I, I guess to me, that's sort of a pride point. Like rather than you know asking me what my degree is and I same way, I don't care. If somebody has a degree, I might even hold it against them. Depends. Well, I don't have a PhD, master of degree, so you cannot <laughs> hold anything against me because I don't have any of those. But phrase reading is not what I'm saying about phrase reading is like most of the problem with communication is a bridge that everybody's burning. Mm-hmm. Most couples, they don't understand each other because they have different ears, different eyebrows and different proxemic. If somebody is visual, going to tend to look down because they want to hear what you're saying. But somebody's mm-hmm. visual. You need to show them. You're going to take, I want to take you on a vacation to Hawaii. I need to show you the resort, the food table, the beach, and how much lazy you can be on that two weeks. If I tell you about it, you're like, oh God, what is going to be like until you don't get your enjoy it. But in, instead to fighting with your process, I need to show you how is the process. So I need to show you what you want. So can you imagine in a couple, or in a business situation, or in a managed situation, or even in an interrogation situation, I know that you can get A, visual overloaded, B, that you're visual, so I need to use visual aids, and how to work with those visual aids, and how long I need to use it. So I always say, uh, physiognomy on face reading doesn't help you to confess someone, but I, as a GPS to how your brain thinks. So instead to take me 90 days to determine how you are, I can do it in 90 seconds. And in person, as near I have the person, I can see the wrinkles. One of the things that I told you, you're really playful. You must be like, like the guy's going to go to with you to Vegas because they're going to have a blast, even if they don't leave the room. Because really you're going to come that up with outgoing, though. That, that, that may be a deception. I didn't say. I'm more of the sarcastic guy in the corner. <laughs> wait, wait, I didn't say, I didn't say outgoing. Okay. You're the kind of person you, pl- I says, playful. I didn't say outgoing. I says, you're the, you're the dark sense of humor. Okay. Well, you yeah. are the, yeah, you are the kind of uh, 
black sense of humor, you are the sarcastic one, and you you are playful, but doesn't mean you are outgoing. I'm okay. playful, but I can be hiding in the forest for two months. Right. But when I talk to my friends, I'm out there and I'm making this weird joke. Like you sent me the email last night, like, hey, I see you tomorrow. Like, wait, is a recording? Do you know how long it takes to this age to get camera ready? Sure. That was a dark sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And you got it because you get the same one. But other people were just like, I told you, it would go to the serious part. You take it as it is and you, you laugh about it. That's right. in your kind of sense of humor. I'm not saying that you're extrovert. Okay. I'm not saying that you like to be networking <laughs> person. Is that you're playful. Playful is to be like, you're going to be doing those jokes to your wife that it, she's going to be open the oven and you're going to put a thick snake, a snake on the oven and you're going to be laughing with your kids at time like, oh my God, you really fell from that. Or you're going to be doing those jokes that are intelligent. No, you're not going to go to the be tacky or rude or use words that are not appropriate to make a nice joke. Your mm. jokes are going to be on the level of intelligent. So who doesn't get it is the people you're going to get away from your circle. You're going to go with the ones who got it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It's fair for you is I think it's a kind of approval. Knowing you is kind of approval. <laughs> well, I, I think of, I I think everything over, and if I say that's fair, then I say yeah that that matches. If I don't know or I'm confused, I'll ask questions. Like multiple times through this, one element of me is I do not consider myself an expert in anything, and I have no problems being proven wrong. And I will ask a question if I don't know. I will ask. Well, you self-made person. Do you see those pouches you have in top of your eyebrows? Those things that make people can age. make fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. You see those things in top of your eyebrows? Mm. That's make that your that is a will pad. That's mean that doesn't make doesn't matter how many times they tell you is wrong is not going to be done. You're going to keep going and going. You're like a bull going <laughs> against the wall, and doesn't matter. How, they can tell you the the, the wall is still concrete you don't care your point is to knock that wall so you're going to use your intelligence and your strength to knock that wall so even though you want to hire somebody to do it or you want to do it by yourself okay, that's you that's your will pad that's how uh, you're going to get it you don't care if they tell when somebody tell you no you grow an inch hmm. instead to lower an inch you're going to grow an inch like now i have a new uh, now i have a new thing that i'm going to conquer I'm going to knock the wall because you tell me I cannot do it. I'm going to show you I can. But that's where you put you or where you are. One of the good things about face rating is not only that you can use it for many things in your life, but it is that you can learn yourself. And things that maybe people told you that were wrong and mm. people told you that you're not on the right path. When I have my face read for the first time, all the things that I was under the impression that were wrong because other people criticizes, my first training says, that's who you are. And the reason you are what you are, mm-hmm. and took you longer, but you never give up, is for that reason. So we never, ever, by any circumstances, change those things in your face. So certain wrinkles, I leave it there because I know I'm a fighter. 
And Abraham Lincoln that the 45 degree too. Then I found I have an accident 80 years ago and I was in a wheelchair and I told I never going to be working again. Mm-hmm. And after two years, I, my, my cheeks, my cheeks change in 45 degrees. And even my, one of my trainers says, what, what happened with your cheeks? Like, what do you mean? And I took, I asked my doctor to give me an MRI from the first mm-hmm. time that I have an accident two years later, my cheek, my bone cheeks move, swear mm-hmm. on my pets. Wow. So your face is a reflection of what is happening. Our face change every seven years. That was going to be you, my question it, for you, actually. Um, and then I'm going to wrap up because of time. But I would like to see if you would be willing to come on to what we have. I have a live stream. Ooh, let's do that. On. Let's read people. Right. <laughs> well, I, the idea is that people can ask questions of you on the live stream. So I, I would like to set something up with you afterward, but to close out one last question. And it's this. Yes, sir. On our faces, is it a cart and horse situation? Like does, do our actions and our beliefs and what we do shape our face or does the shape of our face drive what we do? I'm going to answer with an example because I think it's the stronger thing that happened to me. I have pictures of my eyebrows when I was 29, 39, and now. When I was uh, 30, 29, my eyebrows was round. Mm-hmm. When I was 39, I was going to a horrible divorce, an accident, and I was in a wheelchair, and I didn't have any eyebrows. Like, my eyebrows was flat, linear, and no eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Um, around five years ago, I took to another of the profilers on the company and says, I have the feeling that this is going to represent in me. So I talked to a person that I work. When you work in political campaigns, you have your Botox people, your surgical people, you have, you have a crew coming to you. So I talked to my girl and says, I need these eyebrows. And like, are you sure? Like, yeah. I don't, was between four or six months later, I went to my dermatologist and says, my eyebrows are growing on top of my tattoo. How the heck that happened? What is the pigment? And says, I haven't found in 10 years of dermatology doing pigments, anybody who grow hair on top of the tattoo. It's none of the pigment. It's like, I still don't know how you did it. Do you know what I mean? Internally, my head was telling me, that's the person I'm become. Pointy eyebrows as I need to be run right based on knowledge. Mm-hmm. I read everything. I've been attacked more than one time in LinkedIn, Facebook, and I can pull a book and a chapter and tell you, you need to read this person, this chapter, this. I want to be right based on knowledge. And if you prove me wrong and I made a mistake, instead to tell you, oh, I question you like, let me go back to you when I find out what I was wrong because it's unacceptable and go back. Those mm-hmm. are pointy eyebrows and those are eyebrows that I have. And I used to be procrastination by perfection that's meaning that your eyebrows are thick on the beginning and thin on the end mm. now my eyebrows are the same length meaning that everything that i start i end it i never been so productive like in the last two years of my life and that's what's happened with my eyebrows you want to believe you don't want to believe i always says to religion god exists show me proof until then it's an anecdote it's happened the same to me when the first time I've had my face red and said, oh, this is BS. This guy cannot know. Until mm-hmm. I was proof, then I was wrong. And I become, that become my cult. Mm-hmm. 
is one of the things that people know me. I we was introduced for that, like, oh, you need to meet this woman. She's freaky. Like she can do like, believe it or not, I can do it. And I believe that changes happen on your brain and happen in your face. Mm-hmm. What coming first? We haven't found any of the people doing this, a study who prove what coming first, but I do believe it's happened. So when you feel inside, go for it. It's like the second brain on the gut that mm-hmm. says, like, go with your gut. If your face is telling you do something, go for it. It's something telling you. It's a reflection of what you're thinking. It's a reflection of what you're doing. But it's, at the end, it's helping you to become the best person you can be. What the heck? What not? What a great note to end on. So people can find out more at humanbehaviorlab.com? Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much, and we'll have to set up that live stream. Oh, yeah. I want people sending pictures. Let's go dirty. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please consider subscribing for free. And I mean for free. It is always free. There's no billing, anything else. You can subscribe in your player of choice, which is probably right in your hands. Or you can go to unstructuredpod.com. And there are plenty of links there. Thank you so much. And in the spirit of sharing, here's a couple more shows you may want to check out. Hey, I'm Studio Steve. And I'm Veronica. And we we are are the the Podcasters. We have a podcast all about podcasting. We cover everything related to the craft. How to start a podcast, how to improve a podcast, how to promote a podcast, and how to reach a bigger audience. So come check out our podcast, Pod Sound School. We're on all of the podcast players or on our website, podsoundschool.com. We are dedicated to provide our podskis with up-to-date, easy, and actionable information, sometimes outrageous and always fun. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. What was that like? might just be the most intriguing podcast you'll ever hear. Each episode is a conversation with a regular person who's been through an extremely unusual situation, like Jeremy, who was bitten by a rattlesnake, or Jennifer, who accidentally killed someone, or Luke, who got caught smuggling cocaine. Real people in unreal situations. Listen and subscribe at whatwasthatlike.com.